My early episodes are short. I mean, they're better. They're better than my later episodes. My later episodes are long and boring. My early episodes are short and punchy. So I've been meaning to kind of condense them and then re-release them as the greatest hits. And I did it once and then I forgot. So anyways, here's Greatest Hits Volume 2. This comes from exactly a year ago, I think. So you can see what kind of BS I was thinking. I thought America was going to do this. I thought America was going to do that. And a year later, am I completely wrong? Or was I completely right? Uh, you, dear listener, will have to be the judge. But here we go. Four classic episodes that are short and punchy. I'm telling you, they're punchy. Want to get punched? They're punchy. Coming up on the Anti-Woke Podcast. So I was listening to Blockton Reported, and they were talking about the incident at Smith College where a black female student was eating in an area that she had been told she couldn't eat at. I guess the college had a kids' camp of some sort, and only adults who had had background checks were allowed to go in areas where those kids might be, you know, for the safety of the kids. So an employee told her she can't go there and eat, but she did it anyways. And then another employee, I think, cafeteria worker, saw her there and he had been told if you see anyone in the you know in these restricted areas alert sec- campus security so he did so i guess him and the campus security went and talked to her they were very nice they told her you know you can't eat here there's this kids thing going on and so it's a restricted area and i think i don't think she blew up right then but anyways she 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 leaves there and she goes on social media and she's like a black woman can't Eat lunch at Smith. This place is racist. And the people who are in charge of Smith, either they believed her or, you know, maybe they're just so terrified of being called racist themselves that, whatever, they just, they went along with it. They suspended at least one of the cafeteria workers. You know, this is a poor person. People, you know, the students at Smith, after they graduate, they're going to be rich. This is all, you know, so these are all people heading off to being rich. Anyway, so her little lie there uh, got at least one cafeteria worker suspended, I believe without pay. And then, yeah, so then the whole college goes into some navel gazing. You know, it's like, hey, everyone, I want to look at your belly button. Look at your navel. And I want you to find racism there. Because it's in there. It's in that navel. I tell you. There's a ton of racism there. So they did that for the next six months or something. And it also hit the media and, uh, you know, institutions like the ACLU. So, like, New York Times, CNN, I think a bunch of other mainstream media sites just credulously published what she said. You know, which turns out to be completely false. And the ACLU is like, you know, they're like, we got one. We got a live one here, people. This is this is like you know this is like Rosa Parks. We've got our we got a we got a new Rosa Parks, and so the ACLU is like defending her and saying that whatever you know. Anyway, it's not the old ACLU where it's like everyone is can say what they want. No, it's like a black person said something. It is true, and if you don't believe it, you're a racist. And so that went on for two years. You know, I mean, you know, basically anyone who would contradict that stuff would be called a racist. But then what's and all that's normal. I mean, there's, you know, that happens maybe five times a year where the mainstream media catches one of these things. A couple months later, it turns out to all be a lie. 
they don't, you know, they write 100, art, 100 articles before that two-month period where it turns out to be a lie, and then they just stop. They just, you know, you just stop cold and don't write a single article ever again after it turns out to be a lie exactly at two months or whatever. Whatever day that happens, you'll just see, oh, the articles dry up. But so the interesting part is that the New York Times, occasionally they write a good article, like, you know, hey, we want to actually inform our readers what the truth is. So, you know, we can make the world a better place together. We can all make correct decisions based on reality. And so one of their writers wrote an article saying basically what I'm just saying here, describing the incident. And, you know, he did not call her a liar. He's like, well, you know, sometimes their personal truths don't align with the facts, you know, because whatever. He would get canceled. He's just like, ah, she was lying. He'd be canceled. So you got to come up with some special way of... (laughs) calling someone a liar without getting canceled and i i think i think he did a good job i think i don't think he's he ain't canceled yet i don't think and uh but it just it makes me think like the new york times probably does like 50 i mean at least 50 articles like this a year you know where it's just all based on a lie it's you know a hate crime hoax etc and then once a year they go you know that one from that that article one of our articles from two years ago well that was wrong so if they stop right now, if they stop printing lies right now, then, you know, then like the last two years, so that'll be 100 articles, and then if they do a correction once a year, anyway, it's going to take them 100 years to go back and examine all the articles based on lies that they did. And uh, that's if they stop. If they don't, they're going to be 49 years behind every year going, you know, next year they'll be another 49 years behind. Year after that, they're going to be another 49 years behind. So they're going to be 200 years behind here in a couple of years. We'll see. Okay, a couple more facts, because I, I listened to half the podcast and then recorded this one and didn't listen to the second half. And I still ain't done. But apparently the girl started going on social media posting pictures and names of cafeteria workers calling them racist and apparently like one of them had like a terrible disease you know she's probably like oh she's giving me a weird look or something yeah she has lupus and the reason why this whole thing went so national newsy was the aclu took her story and put it on their website and so i gotta say i mean this is you know the aclu all their motivations were bad and evil in this situation to just, you know, throw something up that hurts poor people in the name of whatever, in the name, in the name of nothing, basically. But uh, I like it. It's good. It's good that they did that. You know, they, you know at some point they're going to have to look at the ACLU and all these media companies. They're going to have to look themselves in the mirror and go, huh, why are we, why, you know, why are we, why have we fallen so far from the way we were back, you know, 50 years ago? When, you, when we were rock-solid American institutions that could be trusted. And now we're just putting out hate crime hoaxes at the, you know, on, the, on the front page of the ACLU's you know, website and Facebook and blah, blah, blah. So it's good. We need, we need good, concrete examples of all these things, all these companies just completely messing up, completely lying to the world. Because, you know, like, what is it, you know, fake news. At some point, people need to realize what news is really fake. And uh, I think this helps.
this is good. We need we needed some extra fake stuff that they just really push everywhere. And that will hopefully lead to people within the institution realizing, huh, maybe we shouldn't push fake news anymore. You know, fake news. Before Trump said fake news, fake news was pushed by the people on the right. And just about the time Trump said fake news was pushed by people on the left, like at that right at that point, the first time he said fake news, it was not being pushed by people on the left. But somehow, I mean, you know, it's like Scott Adams, Trump is a genius. I don't know. I don't know what he is. But he picked the exact perfect time to say the left is pushing fake news. And starting basically from that day forward, they did start doing it. I mean, it's crazy stuff. I wanted to add, I saw, I think it was Dr. Phil was on the Joe Rogan podcast. And I'll tell you, I never had a positive thought about Dr. Phil in my entire life until I saw him on the on that podcast and he was actually you know I don't watch his show I just assume that it's bad but anyways he was good on that podcast he talked about hate crime hoaxes and you know why would someone do that you know it's like it kind of undermines your narrative when you're turn it when it turns out to be false but anyways, that's not what that's not what people are thinking about when they commit one of these hate crime hoaxes. The reason why they do it is they you know, they know they're wrong, but they know in their hearts that racism abounds. You know, it's all over the place. It's everywhere. And so, you know, everything everything that happens is 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 racist, but they're like but darn it, you know, why why when I go to the store do they not follow me around? Or, you know, why why, when I walk down the street, do people not cross to the other side? And they go, well, you know, even though no one's been racist to me, I know there's racism everywhere. So I want to draw attention to the racism that is everywhere. Now, I can't use any of the actual examples in my life to do that, so I'll just make one up. And it's fine to make one up, because I'm drawing attention to a thing that really exists. So, it's fine to make it up. You know, I'm making the world a better place by pointing out all the racism everywhere. And it never occurs to them that the reason why they go through their lives, you know, being treated like gold, is uh, because there there is virtually no racism left in America. You know, unless you want to talk about white people race, being racist against other white people, but that's another story. All right, thanks for listening. So I was listening to the Chrissy Mayer podcast, she did with uh, Brandon Tatum. She's like a comedian. He's a kind of a politics commentator on YouTube and elsewhere. And she was saying that she thinks the biggest enemy, you know, of of a, of you know, of a, a country that's successful and good for the people who live in it, she thinks currently the biggest enemy of that is the media. And well, I don't disagree. I mean, the media is the way it is because academia did it first. But uh, you ain't changing academia anytime soon. Whereas the media, I think, uh, you know, they're much more responsive than academia. Uh, they did that that New York Times uh, Smith College expose, you know. Not that, ex- not that Smith College is bad, but that when everyone, including the New York Times, said Smith College was bad, that was a load of hogwash. And so... I was thinking, like, what will be the final, (laughs) 
not the final anything. What what will make the media change their minds and start, you know, instead of, you know, outright lying, you know, they don't, they outright lie, outright lie some, but they do more like, you know, there's, there's two stories, one that tells this, one that tells this narrative and one that tells that narrative. And so they, they write a thousand articles about the one that tells the narrative they like, and they write, you know, zero or one article about the other one, you know, so that's, you know, it's line by omission, line by weight, you know, weighting certain things above other things, uh, even when in reality it's the opposite. Okay, so the thing that they like to lie about the most is uh, race. And so when will they, when will they change their mind? I think now that Trump's out, well, unless we go back to the same old, every single mainstream media our, you know, segment is about how Trump is evil. Trump is the worst. Trump's Hitler. Trump, blah blah blah. If we I don't, we haven't gone back to that yet. And if we don't go back to that, then eventually they're gonna start going, huh? You know, like there was two thousand extra murders in the black community in the past year. And then they'll go, why is that? And in my opinion, in result, it's because the media riled them up. And so, I don't think the media has bad intentions. Like, you know, when they when they virtue signal all over the place, like a someone who has a someone who can't control their bladder, <laughs> it's because they want to be good people. They want to think of themselves as good people, anyways. They want to think of themselves as good people, and they want other people to think of them as good people. And they think that you know, virtue signaling all over the place like that is what's correct. But it's you know, but if people start looking at, you know, the data, you know, the two, the 2,000 extra deaths, you know, the drop in home prices because people are afraid of riots, the uh, black small businesses that got destroyed, the pharmacies in black neighborhoods that got destroyed, you know, now you're, you know, the, you know, the food, des- I think the food, you know, you don't hear people talking about food deserts too much anymore because that was getting solved. You know, they're building like Walmarts and Targets. In black neighborhoods or close to them but anyways they're gonna be going back you know the the amount of food desertness is going to increase and so because they want to think of themselves as good people whenever they realize that what they're doing is exactly what's hurting black people the most they'll change and I don't know how long it'll take them to do that and they're never gonna say they're sorry but but I think they really do want to help black people. So, so we'll see. We'll see. I, I have some hope on that. I have some hope on that. I think because they really do want to help. As soon as they realize how to help, I think they'll change quickly. It'll probably be five years before they realize how to help. Or maybe never. Thanks for listening. So Matt Taibbi was on the Braver Angels podcast recently talking about the media like he does and one of the interviewers i don't know the guy's name the white one um he said you know there's that saying that sunshine is the best disinfectant infectant this is talking about like free speech like you don't you don't censor speech you just counter it with good speech if someone says the election was stolen you just counter it with 
whatever. Here's the evidence that it wasn't stolen. Or if, you know, someone says racist cops are hunting black men like wild animals, then you just counter that with, uh, you know, here's the data. That ain't true. And so I've been thinking lately that sunshine is the best disinfectant is not true. But then I just I just changed my mind when I heard this because it's not that sunshine isn't the best disinfectant. It's just that there is no sunshine. Like, you know, if you're if you're on the right and you think the election was stolen, well, you know, the New York Times, CNN, etc. I mean, they've been lying to you for, you know, four years, probably longer, certainly four years. And so, you know, when they say, oh, that ain't true. Well, you know, they they are not sunshine. They are not sunshine. When you when you lie a hundred times, telling someone the truth one time is not shining a light on anything. It's just whatever. It may as well be another lie because a hundred, you know, a hundred out of a hundred and one lies, that's just a bunch of lying. And the same thing goes the other direction. There's no way people on the left are going to go like, oh, there was 15 unarmed black men killed last year out of 50 million police interactions. You know, like, you'll get struck by lightning twice before that happens. Anyways, they're not going to believe that from anyone. Plus, people don't aren't, people don't like stats. They just, they just don't like them. They like videos. They like videos. They like getting enraged. They don't like stats. Okay, so I think sunshine could be the best disinfectant, but you have to have you have to have a media that both sides can trust. So until that day happens, probably ain't gonna work. And the other thing I wanted to say about free speech is that I think Matt Taibbi he said this in a different podcast, but anyways, he mentioned it. You know, all the platforms like Twitter and Facebook, now they're private companies and so they can do whatever they want. But in fact, you know, and the government, right? The free speech protects you from the government censoring you. But in fact, the government has gotten involved with Twitter and Facebook. I mean, they just did it the other day, and they've done it before. Like, you know, I think some House members, yeah, I think it was not Senate, House members, like, they sent a, they sent a letter to, like, all the big companies, Google, blah, blah. And they're like, you know, all these right-wing sites, you know, like Fox News, OAN, are lying, are lying and spreading disinformation. Now, what are you going to do about it? And so that is, you know, that, that's a that's a threat. That's a threat to them. What are you going to do about it? They didn't say, hey, you have to do something about it. They just said, what are you going to do about it? You know, it's like the mafia guy who's like, oh, that's a nice little business you have there. It'd be a shame if you lost it. So when the government threatens them, to censor people on the platforms. This is no longer, oh, just businesses making their own decisions. This is a free speech issue. The government is censoring people. And they're doing it in a certain direction also. So, just want to say those things. Thanks for listening. Let's take two groups of people. We'll call them D and R. And at the beginning of this story... Everything's okay. I mean, they don't they don't love each other, but they don't hate each other. Sometimes they compete. Sometimes they agree. Sometimes they disagree. Everything's good. Now, how do you make one of those groups 
hate the other group. Well, let's let's just let's go with this. How do you make D, the group D, hate the group R? Well, you tell the group D that group R is full of hatred. You know, they're just evil people and they're full of hatred. And so you tell you tell that to them enough times and they believe you enough, then all of a sudden group D is full of hatred for group R. So you went from two groups, no hatred between either one of them. Now we got one group full of hatred against the other. And then, of course, once group D hates group R, that's going to make group R hate group D back. So, you know, just a little bit of, just a little bit of lying, saying that the other side is bad and evil and needs to be hated. And if you can get one group to believe... Now, all of a sudden, you're on the path to both groups hating each other. So, you know, is this going to be a civil war? You know, America is split between, I hope, you know, D is Democrat and R is Republican. Anyways, America is split between rural, exurban, suburban, and uh, the big cities. Like big cities and suburbs and then farther out parts. And uh, versus the farther out parts, you know, the less populated parts, the less populated states, the, you know, the, the flyover states in the middle versus the two coasts, stuff like that. And so you can't have a civil war, you know, state to state. It ain't going to be Texas versus California. There's no way that could happen. But uh, you could have... You know, people going on social media, organizing protests, and then the other group going on social media, organizing their own protest, and then just going there and duking it out. You know, it'll start with dukes, and uh, we all know where it leads. Because, you know, it's like the Hatfield and the McCoys. It's like a famous couple of Kentucky families. And I think, uh, I'm going to make up this story, but I think it's something like this, is that no one even knows who killed, you know, a Hatfield killed a McCoy, or McCoy killed a Hatfield. But one one group was blamed for killing one of the other group, and so they retaliated. And then they retaliated back and forth for, you know, decades or maybe even centuries. And they retaliated more and more. I mean, you know, if someone, if someone kills your mother, you want to kill two of them. So we're going to see where this goes. Uh... I will say the media is being less crazy since Biden got in there and Trump is off Twitter. Trump's back a little bit. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I guess I'll be... Uh, the, the Civil War, you know, whatever whatever the modern version of the Civil War is, it's going to be happening in the cities. So I think I'll just stay in my little town. Thanks for listening. Twitter handle at Anti-Woke Podcast. Uh, no one is listening to me, so please go assault a friend and make them listen to this and do not stop assaulting them until they do listen to this. Grab their phone. Make it one of the podcasts they subscribe to. Go look up some porn on their phone. So now that there's porn on the browsing history of their phone... And use that as blackmail and make sure that they listen to me. Okay, thanks for listening.